Okay, yeah, we're in Genesis 50, but I'm actually going to ask you to stand as we read. I'm going to start in chapter 49, a little running start again because they blend into each other. And uh, two, one of the things that goes on in this section, there, there are two funerals that take place. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But in Genesis chapter 49, beginning in verse 29, and I've titled this Hindsight is 2020, and then I would put dot, 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 looking forward. Hindsight is 2020, looking forward. So... Then he charged them, this is Jacob, and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as a possession for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Verse 1 of chapter 50. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for him, for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. So, Lord, we are so thankful. Even that song we were singing, And when before the throne I stand in him complete, my soul shall still repeat, Jesus, you are all in all. You paid it all. You've given us hope beyond any grave, beyond any tragedies. You have given us the hope of relationship with you, secured at the cross, and ours through faith. So we love you, Lord. Give us ears to hear what you're speaking to us. You are a relational God who wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us uniquely. And we, Lord, want to hear what you're saying. We want to take in what you're saying. We want to grow. We want to become those who are more and more complete in Jesus. We pray, Lord, for anyone that's listening, any of our friends. We've just gone through Christmas season, a new year. We're asking in Jesus' name that you would bring many to come to know you through our testimonies that are we're gathered here and watching, that this family of faith would be making an impact of salt and light in our little different spheres of influence. So a lot of things come to mind, Lord, but please bless the word now as we just consider 2020 a little bit, looking forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can be seated. So as... Calvary Chapel South, we begin our new year by asking you to write down a prayer request or request, and that's that card that's next to you. So that's for the new year. We're going to put them into these, this bowl up here, and then we're going to pray regularly for them throughout 2021. So I wanted to give a little uh, background as far as some things I think help us in this study in, as far as praying and what's going on, and hindsight is 2020 looking forward. So the prayers of the saints, it's interesting, in the book of Revelation, which is the closing book of the Bible, the prayer, first of all, the word prayer is found three times. And it's only found about the prayers of the saints. And one of the passages that's there is Revelation chapter 5, where it says, Now when he had taken the scroll, this is Jesus, the title deed to the earth, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So there's this thing, bowls, that these prayers are going into in the, in the sense of, of incense. 
And they sang a new song. And by the way, incense has a sweet aroma to it, as our prayers do. Golden bowls, they're precious to God, valuable. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, the other two places we find prayers of the saints is in chapter 8. So I want to read those. When he opened the seventh seal. Now, the seventh seal contains the seven trumpets, the judgments of God. So keep that in mind. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it, notice, with the prayers of the saints upon the golden, with prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Now look at verse 5. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. This is entering into the judgments of God, severe as they are. So hindsight is 2020 looking forward. 2020 was an extreme year. Would you say amen to that? But let me say nothing even close to the extremities that the earth will be experiencing during the great tribulation, a period of God's judgment and wrath on a Christ-rejecting, rebellious, and lawless world. It's coming. A world deceived and ruled for a short time by that vile person Daniel calls him, the Antichrist, the lawless one, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the embodiment of the devil himself who will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, setting himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. These are all scriptures that you can find in 2 Thessalonians, that one. The Antichrist will be raised up, will, will, will appear, and Christ is going to come and make him disappear. There's going to be judgment on planet Earth like nothing we've ever imagined. In fact, this year, as we look back at this year, I would have never imagined to see the things that I'm saying. And let me say again, it's extreme, but nothing like what's happening is going to be coming to a Christ-rejecting world. So the question is, is my security complete in Christ? How am I saved? How will I be delivered? It's only through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So Revelation 11.1. Says then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign how long? Forever and ever. Revelation chapter 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon who was cast out, who's the great dragon? The serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Continuing verse 10, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength. And here it is, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren was, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in them. Woe, and, uh, 
and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the, and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Brothers and sisters, know this. Bad stuff is coming on planet earth like nothing we've ever seen. Hindsight is 2020 looking forward. As we enter the new year, we are that much closer to these very events happening. We are that much closer to the rapture of the church, which will take place before the wrath of God begins. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, How? who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, in other words, we live or die, we should live together with him in planet earth and once we exit planet earth. I say praise the Lord. We are that much closer to being caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I need another amen. So this should be our daily prayer request. As the Bible closes with this verse, even so, come, Lord Jesus. To the believer, that is hope, that is deliverance, but to the unbeliever, it's bad news. And so I would say, if you're here and you don't know Christ yet, if you're watching and you don't know Christ yet, let me say to you, he is the deliverer, capital T, capital D, the only one who can deliver, who did so through the cross. So hindsight is 2020. looking forward. As we enter this new year, we are that much closer to the final culmination in answer to, listen, in answer to the prayers of all the saints. Jesus put it this way. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As in, and as those bowls are being poured, it's that prayer, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. All the saints are praying, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. So let me ask you the question. How is your time with God in prayer? Would that be a prayer request for 2021? I can tell you honestly, my prayer life has greatly deteriorated this year. And maybe for many of you. Now, it's a different kind of prayer in, in that there's a lot of things I'm talking to God about, but it doesn't feel quite the same when I'm always angst about it. <laughs> All my prayers, be anxious for nothing. I try and incorporate that. But have you not found it derailed so often? Now, Wednesday, January 20th, that Wednesday, begins our midweek Bible study in Daniel. An amazing book. It is written with prophetic precision over 2,600 years ago. And let me say to you, it's still in countdown mode to the kingdom. Even today, it's still prophetic. Let me read to you, read along with me. Daniel 2, this is Nebuchadnezzar's prophetic dream, interpreted by Daniel. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all the other worldly kingdoms. And it shall stand, how long? Forever. There's a kingdom coming. Daniel chapter 7, the vision of the ancient of days. I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. 
Let me go on in Daniel chapter 7. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole of heaven shall be given to the people who? The saints of the Most High. Brothers and sisters, we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because we have been, we have been uh, given a promise that we will be kings and priests and we shall reign with him in his kingdom. Literal kingdom. His kingdom is an everlasting king and all dominion shall serve and obey him. When Jesus comes, it's going to be the ultimate justice and righteousness. And things will be made right under his rule for 1,000 years. And just in case we have any questions about that, at the end of 1,000 years, God's going to release Satan. And what's going to happen? He's going to raise up a whole other rebellion. The problem is not with God. The problem is the heart of man that never turns repentance to God. And it keeps in rebellion against him. And so God will allow us to go the way of our choices and our decisions. And if it's in rebellion against him, he'll allow that. The devil, the hell was not made for, for men. It was made for the devil and his angels. But people choose to follow them without repentance. There is no entering the kingdom of God. And so as we bring this study of the book of Genesis to a close, there are three things as we look forward in hindsight that I pulled out of these that I'm going to give to you. And I think these might be offered, and I'll share a couple of my own prayers as we go through. These might be offered as prayers. Number one, it's the hindsight of funerals. Now, that sounds a little morbid, doesn't it? Listen, there's a coming resurrection. There's the hindsight of, forgi of forgiveness. Listen, there is a completed Reconciliation is complete in Christ. Third, the hindsight of faith. Listen, there's a reigning king who's coming. There's a coming. So in hindsight, looking forward. Oh, by the way, how is your, how is your time with God in the word? Should that be on your prayer request? Prayer and the word. How about fellowship with me? I was talking to Garrett, and I sent him an email. I said, I think maybe the word for this coming year is community. Community. We have been robbed of our community. How we long for it. And I'm realizing more and more in some of the books I'm reading, some of the things I'm seeing, no matter where the nation's going, what we need is to go the way of not forsaking the assembly ourselves. Have community, whether it's directly family or friends. We need each other. In hindsight, looking forward, it's community that we need. And so, the hindsight of funerals, <laughs> listen, there's a coming resurrection. So it says there in 29, he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people, bury me with my fathers. And then verse 33 of chapter 49, and when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Look what Hebrews notes. Well, hold on a second. In, the, in death, Jacob's heart beats with the promise of God. What is it? A family reunion in a future resurrection. Amen. There's a family reunion. Now, you might think, I don't really like going to family reunions. Hey, you're going to love this one. It's a, after the resurrection. There's a family reunion coming. Abraham, Ishmael, Aaron, and Moses all had the same hope of being gathered to their people. It speaks of their resurrection. It speaks of a reunion. In other words, this life is a short vapor. This isn't the end. It's the beginning of a whole nother existence. So Joseph fell on his father's face, wept over him, kissed him. He commanded the servants to embalm his father. Now, this is interesting. Embalming was a very extensive, tedious, and expensive process. It was only really for the very rich. Scientifically, embalming was 
amazing. In fact, even the scientists themselves are still figuring that out. They've, got a lot, they've come a long way. Preserving some corpses for 3,000 years. They don't look very healthy, but there they are. This is what Smithsonian Institute wrote. Such elaborate burial practices might suggest that the Egyptians were preoccupied with thoughts of death. On the contrary, they began early to make plans for their death because of their great love of life, this life. They could think of no life better than the present, and they wanted to be sure it would, be, it would continue after death. But why preserve the body? The Egyptians believed that the mummified body was the home for the soul or spirit. If the body was destroyed, the spirit might be lost, unquote. And I thought of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, which is the resurrection chapter, verse 15, in chapter 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. And I say, amen. If this is it, man, this is pitiful. But he said, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. If Jesus didn't rise, there's no other fruit. There's no, he's the first fruit. He rose, we will rise. So 2020 has reminded me that this world is not my home. And I am so happy about that. How about you? It's reminded me that this body is only temporary. It's this tent. It's this dwelling place. And I'm so glad about that. How about you, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> you gray-headed people. Listen to what Jesus said. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Verse 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. question is, are you living for the kingdom? Are you a born-again citizen of heaven, a born-again child of God? So I think an important moment that we take is to talk to anyone who have not believed, who have not come to Christ, come to Jesus, and found in him the answer to the thirst and the answer of the soul of hunger for God. Jesus said this, chapter 3 of John. Many of you know this, but let's go through it again. Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Most assured I say to you, unless one is born again, notice, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So he's asking, he's trying to understand this physically. Jesus answered, most assured I say to you again, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. See it, enter it. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone is born of the Spirit. So you, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can see what happens. Something happens. Something spiritually takes place. Something radical as being born all over again. That's radical. Nicodemus answered, how can these things be? How does this work? Jesus gave him the answer beginning in verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, that lifting up the serpent was the people were being bit by poisonous snakes. And the whole thing was, put that bronze serpent, which is a medal of judgment, and if they look at it, they'll live. Look and live. As Jesus must be lifted up on the cross. You look, believe, you live. And he says that whoever believes it should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him looks and lives. Will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That the world through him might be saved. Do you believe that? I believe that. That's my hope. That's everything of the gospel. Am I living for his kingdom? The first question is, am I born into it? Am I living in the kingdom? You see, without being born again, you can't see it and you can't enter. It's through Christ that we've been given this amazing promise of a new life in him. So Jesus pointing to the cross where he died for your sins. Believe and be saved. John 1 says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. God will do what he promised to do through repentance and faith, looking and living. So at the close of our service today, we're going to have a time for prayer. And I want to invite you to come. And if there are questions you have, ask them. To come, and if there's that, you want to make that confession of Christ, we'll simply pray. All we're doing here is acknowledging before God with you that you want to know God, and you want to be saved from your sin, and you want to know that hope of eternal life that he, that he promised because he loves you. So, are you living for his kingdom? Are you born again and a citizen of heaven? Having been born again into the kingdom of God, seeing it, entering it, assured of a coming resurrection... Please note the therefores in three passages that I want to put up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter. Uh, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now in the Bible, a mystery is not something that remains mysterious. It's something that was hidden and is now revealed. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Or die, but we shall all be changed. There needs to be that change. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. And then he says this, the therefore, first one, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The resurrection's coming, therefore know, as he says there, be steadfast and movable. Are you living for the kingdom? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, again, resurrection. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but we look at things that are not seen because those are eternal. I say hallelujah. In other words, we're living in a world that these things that we believe, though we don't see them, we know them, we experience them, we're living. Are you living for the kingdom? He goes right into chapter 5 then. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, 
We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 14, do not, you know, do not be grieved. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come so that you can be where I am. The word is mansion. So he goes on. He has prepared us for this very thing as God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. God gave, he sealed us with his Holy Spirit. That's born again by the Spirit of God. God says, you're mine, stamped. Private or personal property of God. Then he says this, here's the therefore. Therefore, we make it our aim because of this resurrection, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of God, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So therefore, be steadfast. Do not lose heart. Make it your aim. Do any of these merit a prayer request for 2021? Hindsight's 2020. Let's read verse 4 now, Genesis 50. Now in the days of the morning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak to the, in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. There is where you shall bury me. Now therefore, please let me go and bury my father, and I will come back. So he's saying, I'm not going to go and never come back. I'm coming back. This is my life. This is where I live. I'm in Egypt. And Pharaoh said, go up and bury your father and he made, as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father. And with him went all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as, as all the house of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's house. Only the little ones. They need a pretty good babysitting uh, ministry. Only their little ones, the flocks and herds that left in the land of Goshen. And there, and there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great gathering. Huge funeral. Then they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and they mourned there with a great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning of the threshing floor of Atad, they said, this is a deep mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore, its name was called Abel Mirzim, which says, is something interpreted like the Egyptians mourn, which is beyond the Jordan. So here we get the, the, sort of a contrast, if you will. A very great gathering on earth. But how much greater our gathering in heaven? There is a very great and solemn lamentation, a deep mourning on earth. How much greater the wiping away of every tear when all things are made new in heaven. I give you these passages. Revelation chapter 7. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Verse 15, therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. The lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to fountain, living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Revelation 21, same thing. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. 
Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Mark it. Write it. Verse 12, Genesis 50. So his sons did for him just as he had commanded them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as property for a burial place. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who went up with him to bury his father. So they returned to Egypt, back to life, which is always the case after funeral. It's back to life. Here we are. We're still here. We're the ones left behind, if you will. And sometimes the mourning that takes place is just that. But really, we don't, we don't mourn for them who know the Christ. We ourselves, back to life in Egypt, back to life in the world. Second one I want to look at is the hindsight of forgiveness. There has been a completed reconciliation for us in Christ. So the question is, are you representing your king? Or shall I say, are you representing your king? You are being called as a believer, as an ambassador for Christ. That's what we're called to in this world. To represent our king, to represent our king in how we live our lives in a foreign country. And so, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which, he did, which we did to him. And they sent messengers to Joseph saying, they wouldn't even go themselves. Before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of God, of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph, this is incredible. Again, central verse. But Joseph said, do not be afraid. (laughs) For am I in the place of God? Now, I'm sure that Joseph was in many other places through the course of working through it. But he realized God worked it all for good. Am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive, not only his family, but Egypt and the world, if you will. Now, therefore, again, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph's brothers were afraid that Joseph would now get his revenge. May I put it to you this way? Nothing could be further from the truth. Nowhere in his heart was it found. He wept, so misunderstood. Joseph reassured them he would take care of them just as God took care of him. No matter what their intent, no matter what their evil plans, no matter what their horrible past, Joseph said, God is good. The completed reconciliation of our lives to God is because God is good. And so it is as he's toward us. No matter what your past life of sin, no matter how horrible your life has been in many ways, Jesus died and through his death we are reconciled to God. Truly, God is good. Let me put it to you as Romans gives it to us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God 
through the death of his son, the cross, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. God did it all. We entered in because we believed. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, where it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness of God should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It's the cross. And you who were once, here it is again, alienated enemies in your mind by what? Wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present. Now, this is incredible. It's not only is God, you know, sort of like, he, he, this is completed, a reconciliation completed at the cross because of God's goodness and God's love. And not only does he reconcile us to himself, but now look at what he says. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Hey, the hindsight of forgiveness, a completed reconciliation. Are you representing your king in how you live? The king who pardoned you. The king who will reign over, is now in your heart, but will reign over the world in righteousness and holiness. Are you an ambassador for Christ? As we go on here, 2 Corinthians Verse 17 of chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. What an exchange here. That we might become the righteousness of God through him. That's what our king did. So the first question is, have you been reconciled to God? In hindsight, looking forward, have you been reconciled to God through the cross? Have you been born again, a child of God, a citizen of heaven through the cross? If not, may I say to you, there's a whole lot of ambassadors sitting around you right now who would love to tell you about our heavenly citizenship. Another question, having been reconciled to God, do people know you're a citizen of heaven? Do they know you're a subject to the king of kings? Do they know that you're a Christian? Do they know you're from another country? Is there any evidence to convince them of that? It's a searching question if that's not what's going on for you. Another one, having been given the ministry of reconciliation, do people know why you walk and talk differently? Do people know how they can become a Christian? Are you courageous enough or willing enough to know what to tell them and then to speak to them about the kingdom and the king and the savior? If they were to ask you, could you tell them? See, that's what we're here as ambassadors. We're to tell them about our citizenship, our country. 
And so the questions that I have here for myself, I'll ask them to you. Are you living your life with a one Lord devotion to God's kingdom? Am I? Are you living your life any differently than the world around you? Am I? Does your life have a shine to it? Does your life have a saltiness to it? Not that we're trying to stick out or be noticed and certainly not to be weird. Rather, we are seeking to be the eyes and ears and hands and feet of Jesus, our King. The one we are sent to represent as ambassadors for Christ, our King and his kingdom. Hindsight is 2020, looking forward. Dear brothers and sisters, in hindsight, looking forward, we should fear having nothing to show for what God has done for us. We do not want to be ashamed at his coming. We do not want to make, be making excuses for why we hid our talents and did nothing with the things that God invested in us as stewards, our time, our talents, and our treasures. There is nothing we can do to change the past. However, we can acknowledge our excuses. We can acknowledge our fears. We can acknowledge our selfishness, and we can repent and ask God to forgive us of these things, fill us with his spirit, and we can do this today. We can begin today to simply be willing to live courageously in obedience to God. Now, it won't be perfect, only God is, but I'll tell you, it'll be life-changing. Repentance always is. Always. Are you willing? Should that be a prayer request for 2021? And finally, the hindsight of faith. Listen, Jesus is coming to reign and rule over this planet. Are you prepared for his coming? You see, he's preparing us to rule and reign with him as the church be kings and priests to our God. This is not just, you know, we live and then we go to heaven and play our harps. No, no, no. We are being prepared for a kingdom. We're being prepared for the responsibilities that come in a kingdom over which Jesus reigns. And each one of us will be given those responsibilities according to what we've done here. So Jesus, look at this in verse 22. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. Old. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Maker and the son of Manasseh were also brought up on Joseph's knees. What a lovely verse. <laughs> Love bouncing my little, my grandchildren on my knees. That's how it goes. Just always, yeah. And Joseph said to his brother, now notice, I am dying, but God will surely visit you. And bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, Again, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. And they embalmed him, and he was let, put in a coffin in Egypt. Hebrews 11:2. By faith, Joseph, 
when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Now, as I read that in, in Hebrews, he made mention. It's almost like an afterthought. He so believed it, he didn't, he, he, it was no question mark. Oh, oh, and by the way, boys, I'm going to die, but when I die, you're, you're going you're to be, God's going to come. And by the way, when I die, take my bones and bury them in, in the promised land that God promised. So we now come to the end of the life of a truly great man in the Bible. Amazing man, Joseph. We have lived with Joseph through many dangers, trials, fears, and triumphs. And now, as God said, it's appointed to man wants to die. Joseph's appointment with death has come. He would be separated again from his family. But he knew it wouldn't be forever. His family would go through very difficult times coming up for them. Joseph would not be there to deliver them. But what Joseph is saying, God will. And he will deliver you time and time and time again. He will visit you, which means give attention to you. He will be concerned with you. He will intervene for you. That's the word visit means. He will visit you. He will visit you. I may not be here, but God hasn't left. In Exodus chapter 3.16, as God's talking to Moses, he says this, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord your God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you. And then through Moses, God delivered them in this incredible deliverance that became the marker of the Passover and the cross. Interesting, in Exodus 13, 19, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And here's Moses, many years later. There are the bones. We've got to take them because Joseph said, you take them. The reminder of God's promise to deliver them was the coffin of Joseph. But let me say this to you. The promise of God, the reminder of God's promise to deliver us is the cross. At Jesus in his first coming. Which has prepared the way for his crowning when he comes a second time. Listen, are you prepared for his coming? We are kings and priests, so let me close with a few verses here, and we'll pray. Jesus will surely visit to intervene on behalf of his people. It's been promised. It's a, a no-brainer. So in Acts chapter 1, after his life on earth, the cross, the resurrection, 40 days, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, Jesus was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus coming back, he's returning to earth. And so when Jesus was with them, he told them in Mark chapter 13, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He is coming again. 
Let me continue. Revelation 1.7. Behold, he comes. He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Revelation chapter 17. These are, the one, these are of one mind. They will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. That's you and me. Revelation 19, now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called the faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horse. That's where his army And he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Are you prepared for his coming? One more verse. Romans 13. Hindsight is 20-20, looking forward. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of our sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And boy, you could take those things there, strife and envy and all these things. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Now is the time. Hindsight is twenty twenty. looking forward. There's a coming resurrection. There's an already completed reconciliation that we are to be ambassadors in this world. And listen, there's a coming king. And we shall rule and reign with him. Are we ready? Are we moving now? We've got another year, maybe not even the year. I have no idea. But we've got some days ahead of us, at least we got today. And the question I have is we put our prayers in. Let us cast off, let us put on, let's walk properly. And the others that we've talked about, would these make your prayer card? What will? Now, we're going to be taking these prayer cards every Sunday, in, as we do every year, in Jan- uh, every su- January, Sunday in January. So if it's not today, you can put two in there. You can put three. It doesn't matter. But what we want to do is say to God, and we're going to take a, just a five, ten minutes. We're going to take ten minutes just here for you with that prayer card as our worship team comes out. And just think through. Maybe, not, maybe nothing written today, but you're thinking through. Maybe one is, maybe not. And just think through, God, we have no idea what's going to be coming our way in 2021, just like we had no idea in the beginning of 2020. But here's my prayer request. Here's my request to you. And we want to take that bowl and take those prayer requests through this, through this year and pray for you personally. So as we're just going to take some time now, would you just with the Lord, just in your heart and mind, ask the Lord, what are some prayers? Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for a family member. Maybe it's whoever that might be. Some situation you have. And we're going to bring these to God in prayer throughout this year. Let's do that.